From the Detroit Free Press, I'm Robin Chan with a voice briefing special report. Before we continue, we want to note that this story contains graphic descriptions of a crime scene, as well as devastating injuries and discusses domestic violence and child abuse. The full series online also mentions thoughts of suicide. If you or someone you know is a survivor and seeking help, you'll find a list of resources in the description of this podcast and at the end of this audio piece. Today, we'll hear from columnist Jeff Seidel. I'm Jeff Seidel, and I've been with the Free Press for more than 20 years. Jeff joins to introduce us to survivor Amity Dewey and her story of recovery in the aftermath of gun violence. The story started with a simple message from one of my Facebook friends, Becky Bowman-Hoon. She wrote, quote, Hey, would you be interested in doing a piece on Amity Dewey, who was shot by her stepfather on I-96 and was my BFF Lisa Foster's daughter, end quote. Shot in the face? Okay, she had my attention. It had to be one of the strangest messages I've ever received. Becky, my wife Teresa, and Lisa all grew up together in Ludington. Becky was actually in our wedding more than 30 years ago, but we haven't seen her much, just Facebook posts. I didn't know anything about a shooting, didn't know anything about Amity. And that's one of the subtle messages in this story. These shootings happen so often, we don't even realize it anymore. But after doing a little research and reading some stories, I was stunned. Becky wrote, quote, she wants her story out there of what happened. She wants to talk to people. I call her Amazing Amity because she got shot in the face and she's blind, but she still has her brain. End quote. About a month later, back in June, I met with Amity in Ludington. I went into it with an open mind. Didn't really know what the story would be. Didn't even know if it would be a story. But after more than three hours, I was absolutely astonished. First of all, I found Amity simply remarkable. She was smart and quick and engaging, with a warm, likable personality, but she told the story with almost no emotion, almost detached, like she was the narrator of a story happening to somebody else. It's something, her therapist would later tell me, is one of Amity's superpowers. So, here are the basics of what happened. We got a homicide-suicide out here on the expressway, this is what it looks like. Um, Cole got sent out here for a motorist assist, people trying to flag somebody down. He shows up, he's got two dead bodies out in the, uh, out in the ditch, and then uh, somebody inside the car that's been shot. Uh, there's a shotgun underneath the male subject who's further off into the woods, and the other female in the car says that he shot her. Uh, and that's, that's where we're at with it right now. We've got the expressway shut down. In January of 2018, Amity and her mother Lisa went on a week-long trip to the Bahamas to celebrate Amity's 18th birthday. On the trip home, during a flight delay, they discovered that Amity's stepfather, David Summers, was having an affair with one of Amity's teenaged friends. Her mother Lisa was furious. When they got back to Michigan, David picked them up at the airport in Grand Rapids, and they started to drive across the state on I-96. They started arguing, screaming at each other. David pulled the car over, got out, pulled out a shotgun, and shot Amity in the face. Then he killed his wife and himself. Half of Amity's face was blown off, and she blacked out. After she woke up, a voice in her head said, Fight for your life. She stumbled out of the car and stood by the side of the road, trying to get help, twice, as people drove by and called 911. County 911, where's your emergency? Me and my brother are just driving on I-96 East, and there's just some people, like, 
just west of mile marker 60, and they were like, they were, they were like they're freezing, they were waiting for help. I'm on uh, 96 heading east. I just came past the car, and there was a person standing out there frantically trying to flag somebody down. At the 60 mile marker, a van? Yeah. I'm driving on I-96, and between 59 miles, 60 miles, um, heading west, mm -hmm. there was a car car pulled over and all the lights were off and the back door was open and somebody was trying to wave people down and it looked like they needed help but I'm not sure who the call. The shooting itself was horrific and tragic but I found the rest of her story even more incredible. When we hear about gun violence the focus is usually on the number killed. Four in Oxford, 12 at Columbine, so many in this grocery store, that movie theater, that school. On and on it goes, and we have become numb to one of the most frightening statistics. Every day, 327 people are shot in America. But what happens to the survivors? What happens to all the amities out there? After the TV trucks go away and the headlines fade and the spotlight is shined on the next shooting? That's what I tried to answer with this story. It's now been six years since Amity was shot, and it still impacts every aspect of her life. Amity has gone through emotional trauma, ranging from PTSD to night terrors. Fireworks would set her off, so would a rush of wind, or even a toothache. A simple pain in her face takes her back to the moment her stepfather pulled the trigger. How is she recovering? Amity gave me permission to talk to her therapist to explore everything she has endured and the ways she has improved. Amity is still recovering from the physical wounds. She's undergone more than 20 plastic surgeries to repair her face. Amity gave me permission to witness one of those surgeries at the U of M as she got a new nose. I was paired with David Rodriguez Munoz, a brilliant free press photographer. Together, we dressed in scrubs and stood off to the side. Surgeons took a piece of her rib, chiseled it down like a piece of wood, and inserted it into her face, giving her a new nose. It was amazing to watch, but not really that unusual. As the doctor said to me, quote, this is the face of gun violence in America. End quote. Like many shootings, this one was covered by many news outlets, but time offers a different perspective, both from the victims as well as the cops. With the case closed, I was able to get the full police records, 911 tapes, and talk with detectives and family members and Amity herself. I was able to find a story that hasn't been told from beginning to end. This story has so many twists and turns, I decided to tell it as a five-part serial narrative. This form offers many advantages compared to a normal feature story. By telling it as a story, using scenes and dialogue in a true story arc, I can explore all the gray areas of a story, all the nuances, showing all her struggles as well as her triumphs. If there is one thing that will stick with me, it was an interview I did with the main detective on the case. Years after the shooting, Detective Philip Heshey cleared his schedule to talk to me because he found Amity so remarkable. Heshey told me, Quote, that girl is the toughest human being I've ever met in my entire life. I've never met someone with a stronger will to survive. End quote. Neither have I. These days, Amity lives in West Michigan and is going to a community college to become a therapist. She wants to use her experience to help others. I find her remarkable. To go from victim to an advocate, from this horrendous trauma, we end with hope for the future. Maybe. That's the best of humanity.
If you are experiencing domestic violence, you can contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline by calling 800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. Again, that's 800-799-7233. You can also text START, S-T-A-R-T, to 88788. Again, that number is 88788. If you are experiencing thoughts of suicide, you can contact the 988 Lifeline, formerly known as the National Suicide Hotline, by either calling or texting 988. Again, that number to call or text is 988. You can find all five parts of Jeff's series on Freep.com and in the description of this podcast. This audio piece was made possible with contributions from Nushrat Rahman. Special thanks to Jeff Seidel, Melanie Maxwell, Kirkland Crawford, Jewel Gopwani Myers, and Anjanette Delgado. Nicole Avery Nichols is the editor of the Detroit Free Press. Thanks for listening, and you can hear more from us each weekday on the Detroit Voice Brief and also at freep.com slash podcasts.